from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. Mark this day on your calendars. Mark this day wherever you are as a security practitioner because the game done changed on this day. Um, it really has changed and it changed significantly. We'll be talking about that on this morning's show because we've got a bunch of stories to cover today, including Solar Winds now potentially is executive team facing charges over the December 2020 breach that happened there with the SEC indicating that they are now progressing to charges as well as several significant cyber attacks that are taking place in the energy and government sector and some updates and new threat vectors from some of the regular adversaries that we face in the battlefield. So a lot on this morning's show. Let's go ahead and get started. But before we do that, please make sure to check out our podcast, cyberhoppodcast.com, or check out my Substack where you can support the show and be one of our first for some very, very exclusive content, some more announcements coming after the 4th of July holiday next week on our new show. Since we've retired, CISO Talk, we'll, we're launching a brand, brand new show. I, I feel like uh, no one's doing the show we're going to be introducing. So I'm very excited about it. No one is doing the, tiles, the style of show we'll be doing uh, come uh, a few weeks from now. We'll, we'll announce its launch. So very exciting times. Without further ado, though, join me for our morning cup of coffee to get this morning started. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. For those wondering, this is an Italian double espresso. It's really good. Really, really good. All right, so jameshazard.substack.com for all the latest. And we'll kick off with Petro Canada gas stations being disrupted following a cyber attack on their parent company, Suncor, which is one of the largest energy companies in North America. Suncor, which is a Canada-based company, produces oils, runs several refineries in North America, they run a network of around 1,800 Petro Canada retail and wholesale locations. In a brief statement issued on Sunday, Suncor said it experienced a cybersecurity incident that may impact some transactions with supplier and customers. The company said it's brought on third-party experts to aid investigating and response efforts and noted authorities have been notified. At this time, they've not been uh, aware or have any evidence of customer supplier or employee data being compromised or misused as a result of the situation. On June 26, PetroCanada said on Twitter it's working with Suncor to respond to the cybersecurity incidents, informing customers that some services may be unavailable, including credit card payments and car washes. PetroCanada also informed customers that they will not be able to log into their loyalty program accounts from the app or website. So they've essentially either been uh, uh, completely disabled by malware, meaning it's gone across their entire environment, or it targeted one environment, and as a precaution, apparently, their DR or IR plan calls to shut everything down which is very weird. And then they've got no continuity. So you can't take credit card payments. You can't do car washes. You can't check your loyalty app. So what can you do? Um, this is obviously following colonial pipeline in 2021. Uh, so we'll, we'll, you know, very frustrating to see a story like this one um, simply because of this impact. And, and where's your planning for IR? Like, how do you keep your business running? What's the very basic you need to run your company if, you're, if you've got a network of 1,800 gas stations, right? And you're looking for stability. So what's the first thing you do? You have backup payments that are off network that are potentially SaaS third parties that you kind of, you know, got on standby, you turn it on. It doesn't cost you a lot of money to maintain that kind of infrastructure and network. 
and 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 you just just do a switch on your on your pumps it, it's it's really not that difficult most of those bumps are controlled by pumps and, and payment uh, methods on pumps are controlled by 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 api they're, they're a SaaS backend um so, so i'm mind boggled as to how th- this is going on i get you know you've got to shut down some of your internal systems and whatnot but I think it's poor planning when, when, when you don't have that for your for your uh, customers as well. Um, the city of Dallas can't catch a break. So early last month in May, I was at a data connectors event in Dallas, and Dallas was going through a ransomware attack, just so happened. Well, now Fort Worth, uh, the city of Fort Worth, Texas, a major city right next door to Dallas, confirmed that a website with government information was breached and accessed by a group of criminals, but downplayed the severity of the incident. On Friday, a group named Sieged Sec took the telegram to claim that it stole about 500,000 files from the government of the city, which has more than 935,000 residents. The group claimed it stole admin credentials and made copies of work orders, employee lists, invoices, police reports, emails between employees and contractors, internal documents, camera footage, and more about 180 gigabytes of data all in total. The group said, uh, did so said because of Texas state politics. Texas happens to be one of the largest states banning gender-affirming care, and for that, we have made Texas our target, the group said. Now, you may think, sieged sec, what if the FBI comes after you? And to that, we say, good luck, we're behind seven proxies. Enjoy. Interesting. Spokesperson for the city directed a recorded feature news to a press conference held on Saturday where the city's CTO, Kevin Gunn, confirmed the attack. Gunn said the city was initially informed of sieged sec's postings on Friday afternoon by the Texas Department of Information Resources Computer Incident Response Team. Uh, the city of Fort Worth has already confirmed this, and you can obviously see the video uh, through the links on our website. Uh, there's been a some documents that have been shared, um, but despite what was leaked, uh, claimed that their investigation has not found any indication that there has been any sensitive information outside of potentially what could be FOIA requested material um, at this point. So FOIA Freedom of Information, any anyone could actually go and make a request to get access to said information from uh, a government. Um, from any any sort of entity, uh, technically. Siege also claimed that they've hacked the government of Arkansas and Kentucky last year after those states banned abortion following the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. So if you're a state government, you may want to look at what this means. And this is a new threat factor. This is most likely also domestic and predominantly could be internal, meaning someone internally who uh, is, is doesn't agree with the government uh, could be uh, assisting in such cases, for a cause. Chrome 114 has announced a major update that patches a total of four vulnerabilities, including three high-severity bugs reported by external researchers. Google paid $35,000 in bug bounty rewards to the reporting researchers. The highest payout went to GitHub Security Lab researchers, Manu Mu, who discovered a type confusion issue in Chrome's V8 JavaScript rendering issue, tracked a CV 2023-3420. The vulnerability was awarded a $20,000 payout. Next in line was CV 2023 3421 to use after free vulnerability in media. Cisco Talis researcher Piotr Banya earned $10,000 for that bug bounty. Um, and so five others, uh, 5,000 others went to uh, other another researcher. So you want to get your Chrome browser updated. Microsoft is warning of a wide-scale credential stealing attack uh, being led by the uh, evil, evil Russians, apparently. Uh, so the intrusion, which made use of residential proxy services to obfuscate the source IP address of the attacks, target government, IT service providers, NGO defense, and critical manufacturing sectors. Uh, according to the threat intel team, this is being attributed to Noblium, or known as Cozy Bear. 
The group, which drew worldwide attention to the SolarWinds supply chain compromise in 2020, has continued to rely on unseen tooling in its targeted attacks aimed at foreign ministries and diplomatic entities. It's a sign of how determined they are to keep their operation up and running despite being exposed. Their credential attacks use a variety of password spread, brute force, and token theft techniques, Microsoft said in a series of tweets. Adding the actor also conducted session replay attacks to gain initial access to cloud resources, leveraging stolen sessions likely acquired through illicit sale. The tech giant further called out for its use of residential proxy services to route malicious traffic in an attempt to obfuscate connections made using compromised credentials. The threat actor likely used these IP addresses for very short periods, which could make scooping and remediation uh, challenging. The development comes as recorded feature detailed a new spear phishing campaign orchestrated by Fancy Bear targeting government and military entities in the Ukraine since November of 2021. A, success, a successful breach enabled the Russian military intelligence to deploy a rogue JavaScript. This is uh, the RoundCube webmail software that redirected all incoming emails of targeted individuals to an email address under the attacker control, as well as steal their contact list. The, complaint, the campaign displayed a high level of preparedness, quickly weaponizing news content into lures to exploit recipients. The spear phishing emails contain news themes related to the Ukraine, uh, which subjected uh, those folks to that. So that's, uh, again, the Russians aren't, you know, everyone thinks they're focused on the Ukraine. They're not, they're, they are, but they're also smelling things going around. And so, you know, um, that's that's going to be interesting. But don't don't overlook the Chinese. Russians are bad. Chinese are far, far worse. China's Voltaifun APT is turning to the Zeho Manage engine, uh, a vulnerability for fresh cyber attacks, specifically going after critical infrastructure. This recent, recent campaign is showing that the politically motivated threat actor has more tricks up its sleeve than previously known, targeting a critical exploit and wiping locks to cover their tracks. The recently discovered a Vault Typhoon, a.k.a. Vanguard Panda, has been spotted using a critical vulnerability in Zeho's managed end engine, AD Self-Service Plus, a single sign-on and password management solution, and it's now supporting uh, plenty of previously undisclosed stealth mechanisms. Vault Typhoon came to fore last month thanks to a joint report from Microsoft and various government agencies. The reports highlighted the group's infection of critical infrastructure in the Pacific region to be used as possible future beachhead in the event of a conflict with Taiwan. The report detailed a number of Vault Typhoon tactics, uh, t- tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, including the use of internet-exposed Fortinet 40-guard devices for initial intrusion and the hiding of network activity through compromised routers, firewalls, and VPN hardware. A recent campaign outlined by CrowdStrike in a blog post suggests that Vault Typhoon is flexible with the ability to customize its tactics based on data gathered through extensive reconnaissance. In this case, the group utilized CVE 2021-40539er in Manage Engine for intrusion, then masked its web shell as a legitimate process and erased logs as it went along. These previously unknown tactics enabled pervasive access to the victim's environment for an extended period, according to, to Tom Etheridge, Chief Global Professional Services Officer for CrowdStrike. Uh, he then reveal details on the victim's location or profile, but they were familiar with the infrastructure that the customer had, and they were diligent about cleaning up their tracks. And this is significant because you could potentially be a victim. They've cleared the logs. You wouldn't know until one day you know when china strikes and so th- th- there's there's that piece to that and that's that's significant here because this kind of advanced is no different than the wiper malware that the russians used in the ukraine uh, i'm gonna delete your data here i'm gonna really just delete all my activity from your logs you'll never know you'll think you're fine you'll report to the board you're fine and lo and behold there's uh, greater things happening beneath the service uh the surface there so um this is significant defending against this according 
to Etheridge is talking about uh, operational technology type environments are typically targeted through IT infrastructure first before the threat actor moves to the infrastructure. They point out that certainly the tactics they see them deploying would be concerning from a critical infrastructure perspective is identity is a huge challenge for a lot of organizations that have seen an uptick in advertisement for stolen credentials and stolen credentials are leveraged quite extensively. I said, identity is the new endpoint. Keep saying it and I'll keep repeating it until people understand. We've spent so much time focusing on endpoints. We forgot all about identity and identity is there now. It's there to stay. SolarWinds, sends the SC, the SolarWinds is saying that their SEC investigation is progressing to charges. SolarWinds at the uh, center of a December 2020 hack affected multiple U.S. government agencies are saying their executives may soon face charges from the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission for its response to the incident. The widespread hack, which U.S. government attributed to Russian Foreign Intelligence Services, affected several large companies, as well as the Defense Department, Justice Department, Commerce Department, Treasury, the Department of Homeland Security, the State Department, Department of Energy, and most importantly, y'all, Microsoft, Lock4J, everything we saw in 2021 came directly from SolarWinds. Through SolarWinds, the Russians and Chinese were able to get access to Microsoft source code. Through that, they essentially went through and developed exploits for every single vulnerability they saw. They found a way to insert malware into a version of the company's Orion IT monitoring application, allowing operatives to gain a foothold in high-value targets. This is strictly attributed to Russians. We know it's not. We know that there was Chinese activity on the network as well. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. This week, a SolarWinds spokesperson defended the company's response to the fiasco and said its executives may be fa- may face charges related to their handling of the situation. We're cooperating in a long investigative process that seems to be progressing to charges by the SEC against our company and officers. Any potential action will make the entire industry less secure by having a chilling effect on cyber incident disclosure. Dude, you live in the wrong world, man. I am so sorry. I could defend SolarWinds, but if their investigation is showing negligence on behalf of the executives, meaning there were internal emails warning of things going on, and no one took it seriously, no one addressed it, you let it go on because it, impact, it impacted your bottom line. You then had a ripple effect across the entire industry for 18 months, not a month or two, 18 months. And your executives knew about it, and there's evidence of that, and the SEC sees this, and they can charge you with it? By all means, you deserve you deserve what's what's coming your way i'm sorry executives have a responsibility to ensure that they don't overlook security this doesn't make the industry less secure this makes the industry more secure this is going to give a CISO an elevated position once these charges drop and whatever they will be and when they do we'll do a special broadcast we'll bring these right to you we'll read the entire indictment we'll go over it on a special show because if the sec is charging them you bet your sweet tail the FTC is going to follow suit. Civil action and criminal action could, could potentially start from there. The SEC typically on a criminal type of case will uh, 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 recommend the DOJ pursue charges as well. And after what we just saw with uh, uh, Joe Sullivan over at Uber, don't dismiss this one going higher. Don't dismiss it. And it should. And it should. All right. Um, it should. Um, so, you know, especially if there were um, um, notices internally. And, and, and we don't know the, 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 the strength or, or the, the evidence, but if they're saying we're going to charges, then there's something there that the SEC saw where the executives were, were potentially warned of an activity or warned of vulnerabilities or warned of weaknesses, and they just simply signed off on the risk 
And then it led to this catastrophic event in December of 2020 that impacted essentially the world for 18 months. So if that's coming your way, that's coming your way. And finally, Europol releases a uh, Encro chat bust that led to a significant amount of success for Europol and European and global governments all in all. So for those who don't know, EncroChat was an encrypted chatting platform used by around 60,000 uh, people for uh, uh, criminal, uh, cyber criminal activity. Eventually, that, that they took down the EncroChat back in July of 2020. Uh, that uh, takedown has led to 6,558 arrests worldwide, the seizure of nearly 900 million euros in illicit criminal proceeds. That's close to about... Uh, about a billion dollars. Law enforcement agency said that a subsequent joint investigation initiated by the French and Dutch also intercepted over 115 million conversations that took place over the platform between no less than 60,000 users. Of the 6,558 suspects, 197 were high value. Uh, overall, 7,134 years of imprisonment of these convicted uh, criminals were put in place. That's not a lot. That's, you know, when you kind of divide that down that's a bit over a year and some odd months for for each one of these guys on average they've confiscated 739 million uh, million euros in cash they froze 154 million in assets and bank accounts they seized 30.5 million pills of chemical drugs 103.5 tons of cocaine 163.4 tons of cannabis and 3.3 tons of heroin they seized 971 vehicles 83 boats and 40 planes they seized 271 estates and homes, and they seized 923 weapons, as well as 21,750 rounds of ammunitions and 68 explosives, all in all. So not bad over three years. Not bad at all. That's it for our show today. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole lot more we went over. So thank you all for your patience. Um, we'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow, 9 a.m. right here live on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Rumble. Come check it out, hang out, and we'll see you then. Till then, have a great rest of your day, y'all, and stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.